the, the reason for, for my uh, message today, uh, a couple different things, but in the past few, few weeks, I guess it's two weeks, I, I have uh, had the privilege of, of encountering the, probably the most negative person I've ever met in my life. And um, probably uh, one of these, the, the most negative, I mean, this by far, in a way, is the most negative, okay? And you could tell she was really negative because she even criticized me. You know, <laughs> that's a joke. But, uh, but the idea is that people, I don't think, realize how much they talk themselves into something or talk themselves out of something. And, and I know that everything you say, you're not going to get, but I know that 100% sure if you don't say, you probably won't get, <laughs> you know? So I, I think of my mother <clears throat> at Christmas time. There were four, four boys uh, and four spouses, and my mother would decide what she wanted for Christmas. So she would tell all four boys the same, all four spouses the same, so she was guaranteed to get at least one of it. <laughs> so, and sometimes, until we really caught on to what she was doing, she'd end up with three or four. So, uh, and she would make it sound like she didn't tell anybody else, but she told you. So... And I, and I think, in the, you know, and my mom was, of course, you know, uh, was a wonderful person. And so we all got together and decided who was going to buy what. And if it was a big enough thing, we all put money in on it. And we all bought it for her or whatever. But whenever we think about our faith and we think about what God is doing in our life, the, the title of my message is Say What You Believe. Now, that often is say what you want, but say what you believe. You know, if you're going to say one thing, say what it is. Don't you know, play the 50 guessing games, you know, which, you know, it's like, can you figure out what this is, you know, charades? And some people play charades with their conversations. It's like, what are you telling me? What are you saying? What is it that you really want to say? Well, I wonder if God gets frustrated with the charades <laughs> that we play. Now, God knows the intents and the thoughts of our hearts, so he knows everything that's going on in the inside. So why is it so important that God says to us, to say, to pray. When you enter into your closet, pray. That whenever God uh, spoke the world into existence, why did God say that he spoke? Why didn't he just think it into existence? Why is it then in our lives that we just don't have to think our prayers and God hears them? Why is it that he wants us to say? Because there are many thoughts that we have, but generally, um, now some people think before they speak, and some people don't think and just speak. You met a few of those? All right, so we, we have to look at our conversation. We have to think through what it is that we want to say and what we want to do. So we want to say what we believe. Now, the scripture is in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, beginning at verse 13. We're not keeping this quiet. This is the Message Bible. We're not keeping this quiet, not on your life. Just like the psalmist who wrote, I believe it, so I said it, we say what we believe. <laughs> so it's in the Bible, say what you believe, all right? So the psalmist says, say what we believe. And what we believe is that the one who raised up the, Messiah, the master Jesus will just as certainly raise us up with you alive. Every, detailed work, uh, every detail works to your advantage and to God's glory, more and more grace, more and more people, more and more praise. So, 
we, we look at this, per, this um, title, this phrase of Scripture, say what we believe. What, say, say what you believe. The Scripture says the spirit of faith is in our words. Now, again, everything that we say is not going to come to pass, all right? But this individual that I uh, mentioned is, you know, everything is negative. Well, a lot of what she says has to come to pass because it's so, it is so, so bad. And I mean, everybody's on edge. You know, how can we, you know, how can she not complain about something? Well, she can complain about anything and everything, no matter how good it is. It's exactly what she wanted, and you give it exactly what she wanted. It's still not exactly what she wanted because she wanted a little different because she changed her mind once she got it. You don't know anybody like that. <laughs> All right. So, well, it's kind of like the, uh, the farmer and the, the positive and negative farmer. You know, I, I, I know I've said this before, but it's, it's worth repeating. The, the, the farmer said the positive, the optimistic farmer says, well, it's raining. It's gonna, God's refreshing the, the soil and supplying the nutrients for the water to cause the carps, crops to grow. And the pessimist says, well, you know, it keeps us up. It's going to flood. And then the other one, you know, next day, sun is shining. Wow, it's beautiful sunshine, warm. The plants will grow, keeps us up. It's going to be a drought. So, <laughs> you know, so um, this, the optimist gets himself uh, a dog, a bird dog. And he's out, they're out duck hunting on the lake. And, and so duck comes by, they shoot the duck. And he, the optimist says to the pessimist, watch this. Guy, the dog jumps out of the boat, walks on the water goes over and picks up the duck, brings it back, and jumps in. And the optimist says, what would you think of that? The pessimist says, can't swim, can he? <laughs> so, I met this person. <laughs> I have met this person, you know? And it wasn't a man, it was a lady. But anyhow, we find that uh, there's, there's some people just have this nothing right with the world mentality. And it's important that the spirit of faith is in our words. So what are we saying? What are we, how are we saying it? Um, now, uh, as we think about what we don't say, what we don't say uh, is important because what we're doing is we're either filtering our words or we're setting something up as um, a negative and we're, we're saying it <laughs> in a negative manner, saying something positive in a negative way. But we are looking at how that God wants to work in our life and how that God wants to do good things in us and through us. And we, we, we see how we, we generally are looking for something. You're looking for something. And I, I think of, um, you know, Rachel, she's a, a special needs teacher. And, and I, I, this, this is such a... a, a contrast here she is taking care of special needs children and and this was out in Missouri and this one one um well there's a couple different students but anyhow one day she's walking by there mainstreaming her children you know to be in a classroom and so on and one day she's walking by the door of a classroom and one of her children or a few of her children are in this classroom and the teacher is scolding one of her one of her kids and telling her child this child what they cannot do well, uh, Rachel has a nickname, Badger. <laughs> so she marched in there, 
and literally in front of the whole class told this teacher off about what that person, how that they were telling their child what they couldn't do. And she says, and I spend all my life teaching them and telling them what they can do. And don't you dare cross that. <laughs> all right. So, so that's our little daughter. That's, you know. But one of the other times, what are we looking for? What are we looking for? There was another child in a, in a wheelchair and, you know, couldn't, couldn't speak, couldn't communicate. All, the, all they did was scream, you know, just screamed. And Rachel would always go, you know, one finger up, wait a minute, wait a minute. And one day he went that way. So she saw what she was looking for. There's somebody in there. Do you know that child graduated from college? <laughs> because she saw what she was looking for. You, you see, what, whenever we start looking for and talking about, and you'll say, when you're looking at training and talking and dealing with people, you're, you're looking for something. And in our praise and in our worship, we want to be looking for something. And often what we're looking for is what we're praying about. See, if we're praying for God to do something in our life, work a miracle in our life, we start looking for it. And you know, a miracle can just be a... <laughs> and that was it. And from that, from that little signal began a whole change in that, that child's uh, development. Because they then went into sign, sign language and then into other forms of communication. And uh, Rachel went to his graduation. He graduated from a college in D.C. And so from what she was looking for. So whenever we're praying about something, we are praying and then we are starting to look for it. And then you see, you know, all things work together for good. Now it's a common phrase we use. It's a scripture that all things are working together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So God has a purpose for our calling and his, his calling has a purpose in our life. So what God is trying to do in us is more than just absorbing all of everything around us. He, we, he wants us to be praying and believing for that, that one thing. And what is it that we see? It can be an opportunity. Other people pass it by. <laughs> but we saw that. Wait. There's something different about this. There's something important about this. So um, we're not going to talk about what it looks like. We're going to talk about what it is to become. Now, I always think of um, it's the end of the month, but it's also the beginning of the month. You see, there's never an end without a beginning. You know, there's an end of an era, but no, it's the beginning of an era. It's the end of the day, no, it's the beginning of night. It's the end of the night, but no, it's the beginning of morning. It's the end of the week, but no, it's the beginning of a new week. You see, Whenever we're looking at endings, they, you know, we look at them in, in, as if the finality, it's over. There's the end of life, but no, it's not really the end of life, it's the beginning of life. So we find that when a child is born, it's the end of a pregnancy, but it's the beginning of life. <laughs> so we have all of these new beginnings that are going on in our life, and we look at them, and sometimes we're not able to see them for what they are, and sometimes life has to be played out for a period of time for us to see the end, to see where it's taking us. And I, I, we received a, um, a video this week from Jenny, our daughter-in-law, and uh, Jenny and David were in El Salvador for eight years, 
and then she, she had uh, come down with breast cancer. And this is the video that, who did it on her? So this is not done by her and David, this is done by the local area. Como's, it's part of the Missouri area. Go ahead. Creativity looks different in each individual. And how that God then works through our lives is how that we then connect with, that, with the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit has a... Uh, he lives inside of us. And God is not surprised by whatever happens in our life. God is not surprised. So if God isn't surprised, then he's already given to us what we need to deal with what is coming. So there's never an end without a beginning. Their ending of their ministry, as it were, in El Salvador seemed, you know, it was all over. But it was just the beginning of a whole different ministry in El Salvador. And you could have never thought that at that time when he was leaving and, you know, he was doing his work there in El Salvador and ministered to, you know, maybe 10 or 15 churches that they were at at that time, has now grown to hundreds of churches. And, you know, and his ability to work from the U.S. there has been training everybody in the office. When they were in El Salvador, there were five U.S. missionaries and five El Salvadorians. Now there are no U.S. missionaries in the office and 55 El Salvadorians. So they are transitioning through this process of turning the work over to the nationals and then having the nationals help their other people in their congregation, which is now expanded to Guatemala, which is now expanded to Tibet. Missionaries from El Salvador going to Tibet. And David and others, the other, other gentlemen, are part of this whole ministry of change. And it all came about by a very negative experience, breast cancer. And so we find then that God can take anything. And that's why you, we need to look for that, that, that moment, that expression where God says to us, there's something there. I just saw something. What did I just see? There was a glimpse of something. You know, and it was very difficult for them and, you know, and for all of us at the beginning for how that they had gone through the breast cancer, how that they had gone through the treatment, how that all these things had come together. And it was very difficult, especially for them and for the children. So they all shaved their heads so that, you know, that's what David, you saw there with Jenny with no hair from the, the chemo and other things. But we find that you know, they all got together and shaved their heads and they all tried to help everyone through that. And, and I didn't shave mine, but uh, <laughs> her parents and all of them, they all shaved their head and they had hair. So, uh, 
but it was that way of dealing with something. And so in our life, God is at work in all of these things. So our prayer is, and, and I was thinking of, sometimes we don't know how to pray, and of course the Holy Spirit helps us, but sometimes it's just saying what we need. Saying what we believe. I have a need, uh, financial. God, I am praying for your blessing, your financial blessing on our life. We're sowing our seed into the kingdom of God, and God, you've promised that, you would, that we would reap a harvest. God, our, our children, God, they, are not, they need help. And this, we pray, oh God, that you would help them in this area. I pray, God, that you would bring the right people into their life, whether it's a school or out of school, whether they've got children of their own, doesn't matter. Whether they're 60 years old, we're praying, God, to touch our children or touch our parents, or whatever. So we're praying and stating what we believe and what we are looking for. We say what we mean, we say what we believe, and we start looking for the answer. Because sometimes the answer is so small and so insignificant, we could miss it. And see, and that's where I think that, that, that God will tell us over and over again, he'll keep bringing that interruption into our life to say that it, this is where we need to be. And, you know, I, I, like, uh, I like Jonah, you know, used this story, illustration a lot, the idea of Jonah as an illustration, but how that Jonah knew what he was supposed to do and did the wrong thing. Now, for us, you know, throw him overboard. For us, let's throw ourselves overboard. I failed, I can never get back on course. But you know, Jonah was in the belly of the whale, in the, in the belly of the fish, and he was in, in Jonah, it was chapter, I believe it was chapter two in the first eight verses, he's going through all of this, you know, basically complaining. And then at verse nine, he says, he realizes that he is alive. <laughs> okay. When he realizes that he is alive, he begins to thank God and that his, mission, his ministry, his life was more than just to be whale dung <laughs> on the bottom of the floor of the ocean, you know? He's, he's more than just digestive, digested material to end up out, out, out you know, the, the waste of the, of, of, the, of the seashore, of the ocean bottom. So Jonah realizes, oh, I'm not dying, I'm alive. So inside of him, he realizes that God still has a purpose for him, and it's kind of like he had given up on life, he'd given up on God, and he, he was going to be dead. You might as well get used to the fact that you're going to die, it's all over, and then he doesn't die. Hmm. So in our lives, we are not dying, we are living. It's like we're beginning a new era, we're beginning a new thing. Jonah had to realize that he was in this, I can't imagine, you know, can't imagine being in the belly of anything, you know, but being in the belly of this, you know, krill and seaweed and garbage and acids and all that stuff, you know, he's not sitting in there on a stool with a little candle, <laughs> But he's in there dying, but yet he's not dying. And when he realizes that he's not going to die, he begins to praise God and thank God because somewhere in all of that darkness, he perceived that little, wait a minute. And when he began to thank God and knew that he was going to change his life, he found himself on the seashore. Uh, the whale had spit him out on the, on the sand. So you see... <laughs> 
The, the Message Bible in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 says, Don't fret or worry. Instead of worry, pray. So God wants us to give petitions to him. Let us pray. Let us petition. And let us praise. Uh, I came across this quote about praise, if I can find it. Praise is, when, you're, when you praise God beyond your feelings, that's when praise becomes your faith at work. When you praise beyond your feelings, then it is your faith at work. So when I become thankful to God that he is going to supply all of my needs, my praise has turned around to be my faith that God is going to work in my life and that he is going to set me free, liberate me, get me out of the belly of the whale, <laughs> and that he is going to put me on solid ground. So therefore, don't fret or worry because you jumped ship. <laughs> don't fret or worry, but pray and let your petitions and praise shape your worries into prayers. So when we think about worry, when we think about the things we get upset about, Let's start stopping, say what we mean, mean what we say, say what you believe. I believe that God can do a miracle here. Oh, now I turn that problem into an opportunity for God to do a miracle. So turn it into prayers, letting God know your concerns. So we... But he already knows. He already knows my thoughts and my actions. and my. So let God understand what's going on. You need to let God understand. You see, sometimes uh, I, I hear people say, well, God was testing them to see whether, you know, whether or not uh, they were fit for the, you know, that God had to find out whether or not they were good enough to make it. God already knows. He's letting us know that he knows that we're good enough to make it. All the trials are not to convince God. Uh, the trials are to let us know that God has faith in us and that he is allowing us to go through these things. And he's like, he's like, we can't go where God has not been. God goes before us. The crooked place is straight. The mountains are made low. The, the song we sing, at the mention of his name, the mountains crumble. You see, whenever we look at and say the name of Jesus, everything crumbles in front of us. Do you know, whenever it says that, that when Jesus, after the resurrection, you know, after his death on the cross, descended to hell, he brought the devil to naught. It means that he brought evil to absolute zero, nothingness. It's as if, you know, you ever see a little child taking a baby doll and just dragging it down the road? <laughs> you know, just dragging it behind him. It's like not a care in the world, just dragging along the road. Jesus was dragging the devil through hell because he had come to naught and he had no power to resist the power of God. And so that power rests within us and at the very name of Jesus, things change. So I take my worries, I take my fears, I take my not understanding and allow God to do a work in me. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness. That's part of that verse. Petition and praise, shape your worries into prayers, let God know your concerns, and before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness. Hmm. Everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens 
when Christ displaces worry at the center of our life. That's what happened to Jonah in the midst of being digested. (laughs) He comes to this place of a sense of God's wholeness inside of him. And he says, you know what, God? I will worship you in your holy mountain. I changed my mind. I'll do what you want. I'll go to that place that I don't like, and I'll be your man there. So you see, that's what God is doing in our life. He brings us to a sense of wholeness. You are not incomplete. (laughs) You are whole. And God in you establishes that. And we are whole by the blood of the Lamb and, and by the word of God, and it comes into us by his spirit and touches us and makes us complete. And we don't know what the journey holds, but we know where it ends up at a new beginning. (laughs) It doesn't end because it's over. It begins because we are starting again. God has a new beginning for everything in our life, and at death we are just beginning what? We're beginning a new life. At the end of the week, we're beginning a new week. At the end of the day, we're beginning a new day. At the end of the hour in church, we're beginning another hour. (laughs) Shall we stand? (laughs) So when you praise God beyond your feelings, that's when praise becomes your faith at work. That's why God wants us to praise. We're looking for the good. We're looking for the answer. And so many times we overlook it. And God is saying, no, no, no. Stop. Let my wholeness come into your being. Let my strength become your strength. My light, your light, and that my eyes be your eyes, that I might see what you see and become what you want me to become. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you love us more than we could ever imagine. Your plans for us, God, are greater than we can imagine because they are plans that we need you. And God, they're greater than our abilities and they're greater than what we could have planned for. But Lord, you are the one who is the author and the finisher of our faith and you're not finished with our faith. So God, we thank you that you're working in us and that we might open our eyes to see that one spark, that one indicator that it's all good. Thank you, God, for blessing us. Thank you for your promises that continue to speak to our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. God bless you.